0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Let's get into this. I got some stuff on my heart that I want to just unpack. John 15, verse 7, it says, If you abide in me, and my words, come on, abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you, We talked a little bit last week. We're in this series called one more one more And so the idea is Not that god just is up there granting every little request like he's a genie in a body Bottle, but the fact of the matter is that that if we have this and make this transaction correctly We are in him and he is in us Then we begin to demonstrate his heart and we ask the things that he cares about We ask for the things that he begins to care about. We are finishing up this series called One More, and we talked about this idea last week. Here's what it is. God's way produces a life of victory. I want to sink that in. God's way produces a life of victory. Now, we're not saying that following God's plan produces a pain-free life. That we're, we're not saying that. We know that the Bible is clear that there will be pain and there will be problems and there will be people and all of that will happen. We also understand that the more we implement God's word in our lives, the more culture will disagree with how we think. We, we know that because cultures go going one way and God is saying, I, I, I want to go this way. And so that's the hardship of how do we love people in culture but yet still grow. Does that make sense? And be disciples of Christ, not just disciples of culture. In late October, uh, the Austin Independent School District uh, Board approved um, this new sex education curriculum, uh, third grade through eighth grade, and encourages them to um, understand all different types of sex urging kids to join the ltb parades aiming at re- redefining biological sex erasing word norms like mom dad male female and, and i'm not getting political so time let's breathe i am not reading this to you so that i activate your judgment meter the idea of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, that's why church was established. There was this incredible movement in Acts. 3,000 people got saved, and it was like, hold on. None of these people are being discipled, and they're all falling off. We need churches to teach people how to think about God's word. That's what we're doing. When I correct my children, and I say, hey, The way you're thinking about this, we need to change this. They feel rejected. But then I come in with love and go, listen, I'm trying to teach you a concept. I am not trying to reject you. I actually love you, but I don't know if we continue this way if you will win. Does that make sense? Okay? So, for instance, I'm in this season. Where I'm like, it would be awesome if my kids could shut their mouth when they're eating. We're talking about real life problems. Come on, real life problems. And so it's like, come on. I love that you love it. But I'm seeing everything that you love. Come on. And we got the smackage. We got the... uh, We got the drooling. We got... man. And we're just shoveling it in as fast as it can go. And I'm like, hey. (laughs) I love you. But... We may want to take smaller bites. Well, I feel really rejected. Not the point. The point is, come on, I believe one day there is a wife for you. Come on, one day there is a husband for you. And come on, does that make you are going to sit at a table and a parent is going to look at you. <laughs> come on, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you there. Listen, as we um, talk about this, I need you to hear me say, we value every life. We value every life, and if this is an area of struggle, please don't turn off the gospel because we're teaching people. There is no judgment here. There is teaching, and we understand that hurt causes many choices. There is good news for you that God loves you, God has a plan for you, God cares about you, and everybody in this room is on the exact same playing field because we have all sinned, we have all fallen short. Come on, does that make sense? And so there is nobody that can say, I've done it right. No, you haven't. You needed the same grace that everybody else needs. Everybody has struggles. Come on, help me. Does that make sense? But now the church has gotten to this weird place where we cannot teach truth because it offends and we have so we're in this weird place and it's a lot of confusion and rightly so we've done a lot of truth without love and truth without love cripples people but love without truth keeps people infants and so it's it it, it's and and it's both does that make sense the bible tells us that love covers come on a multitude of sin we love blanket 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 be warned but truth will set you free. Generationally, the truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. And that's what we want to see happen. And when people come to the house, we want you to come on, build life. We want you to build the life. Here is my point in talking about that. Is that we if we are confused on what God says, listen, about the value of life, about marriage, about parenting, about finances, about freedom. About leadership, how can we move forward? We have 44 days left in this new year, before the new year. I I don't know about you, but how many people could use, come on, one more victory? One more victory. How many want to end this year? Come on, with a win. As 2019 approaches, here's the thing. Hopefully, you will take time to review, reflect, and readjust. We all need those times. Don't just jump into the new year thinking it's going to be better because you're living. The truth of the matter is we got to review. I, 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 I do this thing every year. I have four or five questions, and, and I review my year. How many books did I read? How many dates did I go? What, what, and you know what? Some of those are not going to be. I need to do better. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like come on. But if you don't review, you, got, you, you review, and then you reflect, and then you readjust. Because every year, you're thankful, and you're measuring the days that you've been given. Come on, somebody. And you believe that good things are coming, and you want to win. If you were going to ask me, Pastor, what is the number one reason that people don't step into the victory that God has for them? What is the number one reason that people don't step into victory? I would say it's confusion. Confusion. People often see so many sides, so many steps, so many angles, so many solutions that they're scared to take an action. And here's what I've come to find out. Indecision always breeds problems. Indecision always breeds problems. For victory to happen, we must come on, move out of confusion into clarity we got to move out of confusion into clarity. So the, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I got this great idea. I was going to teach my kids Ultimate Frisbee. Um, and, and can I tell you that as I began to teach them Ultimate Frisbee, there was a lot of confusion. Um, and and I soon realized that um, they were all excited about playing the game. Ultimate! They were all excited about playing the game, except for they kept running with the Frisbee. You're supposed to stop. And when they threw it, it did not go anywhere that we intended it to go. Does that make sense? They were like, ah, boo! like like the Frisbee coming back in. And it was clear that uh, even though we were excited about a new possibility, Uh, We lacked some understanding. We lacked some understanding and, and, and confusion. And so a game that was, listen, meant to be really, really fun was really, really frustrating. Anybody ever been in that place where something that was meant to be very, very fun and, and was now very frustrating? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about like other things, like like working like for, in, in a job where, you know what, you got your degree and you finally can make some real money and you thought it was going to be really, really fun to get paid. Come on, get, get paid. But then it happened to be really, really frustrating. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking. Does it make sense? For us, problems were magnified because we lacked understanding. And many times we can get confused because of the problems we face. And, and here's what happens is when we face problems, we begin to magnify the problem rather than magnifying God's word. Like it's not how do we feel about it, is what does he say about it. It's not how do we feel about it. It's what does he, come on, listen, say about it. John 14, 6 is this. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No one comes to the Father, listen, except through me. Listen, in our pluralistic society, it, this is an extreme turnoff. The only way? <laughs> come on, that's like. Which is better, iPhone or Android? Come on. About to have a church split right up in here. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Listen, how dare you force your apple on me? Jesus is the truth. Our attitude, listen, toward the truth determines the outcome of our lives. God's word, listen, is true. And here's what we found out. That Jesus became the word, Jesus the word became flesh to dwelt among us, the word Jesus is the way, is the way. There is this equation that I want to give you that I think will help you move forward into one more victory. Here's the equation, look at this, understanding plus action plus time equals one more victory. All of this is perpetual. And, and, And so can I tell you this, that we have to work hard for understanding. I don't understand. I don't understand. In fact, there are things that I've been in ministry 25 years that I'm still coming into understanding. Understanding, listen, never stops in your whole life. You are always trying to take a greater level of understanding. Then, when you begin to understand some things, you act. Listen, one thing that I feel like the church as a whole, which I love the church, it's not against it, so it kind of sounds like that, but it's not, is the application. It's like we live theoretical, we want great concepts. But we've got to take what we understand and begin to massage it, come on, come on, like essential oils. we got to bring that, and we got to actually apply it to our life. And then, listen, it takes time to grow. I went to church five times. Nothing happened. There was no miracles. Thought everything would turn around. My husband, still mean. We've been to church a year. He's still mean thought my whole finances would turn around in about 30 days. We've been going like six times. Listen to what I'm saying. There's this idea that we can't disconnect seed, time, harvest. All of this, you're planting something and something's growing. And listen, as you're growing it, it's being attacked. So it's not like, oh, I just decided to grow something wonderful in my life and there's this force field of love around it. No, no, no. The enemy comes to attack, listen, that thing that you're trying to grow in your life. Listen to this verse, Matthew chapter 7. Let's let's, let's talk about this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, does them, okay, will be like the wise man. Come on, anybody want to be a wise woman, a wise man? Anybody want to be wise? You're like, no, thank you. I just want to be dumb. You know what I'm saying? like, come on. I want to be wise. Okay, so here's the recipe from the mouth of Jesus, not the mouth of a preacher who knows God and has been in the presence of his Father. He is giving us the secret sauce. Come on, does that make sense? Okay, look at this. Be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and it beat on that house, but it did not fall. Here is what I need you to understand as long as you are here. You will get beat on. There is this idea in your faith you're going to get beat on. Both the righteous foundation and the unrighteous foundation get. I, I love the Bible, so I'm not like, don't don't be mad. I can't believe you hit the word seven times. You know, like, listen, 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 listen. But there's this idea that it's life is not easy. The wind is coming. The rain is coming. The floods are coming. There is stuff that is coming. But what you choose to build on changes everything. Come on. Look at this. Let's go on. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, does not do them. Listen, we are not talking about loving you. We are talking about a house that stays and a house that falls. We can cry and love you while your house falls apart. But it says that this is the way you build your house. Does this make sense? Okay, now look at this. Look at this. This is the thing that, that, that challenges me to the core. Look at this. Does them, he will be like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains fell, the floods came, the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell. And look at this, great was its fall, great was its fall. It was personal, people cried, it was hard because great was its fall. And I have to tell you that when I am in moments where I'm watching a show or I'm doing something, we're not under the law. We're under grace. God saves us. His blood is what makes us clean. But there are things that I turn away from because I understand great is the fall. There are TV shows that want to unlock every bit of temptation. Come on, somebody, in me. There are conversations that make me want to close my heart and make it hard. There are things that happen, and if I'm not careful, come on. I have a vivid image, and I'm going to tell you this. I am not a perfect husband, and I'm not a perfect father, but I have a vivid image of this. I do not want my kids crying because great was the fall. So there are places I don't go. There's things I don't do. There's stuff that I don't do. And I'm not under the law. I'm trying to keep a house because I know the storm is coming. I know the storm's coming. And the truth of the matter, we went through a very, very hard year. Most of y'all know this. But within one year, our, our daughter got septic and went septic. Lost her hearing in her right ear. Then we had a major car wreck. And then my mom passed away all in one year. We got beat. And I cannot imagine going through all of that if there wasn't a foundation. Because even in that moment, there were times when Katie would say, I'm healing and I'm mad at God. Or I'm frustrated because all of it was emotional, all of it was real, all of it was heavy. But there was a foundation. And so when that storm began to hit, it did, come on somebody, not fall. And I am telling you that here's when the Bible says he is no respecter of person. God didn't do this because we're pastors. Because the truth of the matter is, monthly. We talk to pastors who are quitting, leaving, hurt. This has to do with what you, come on somebody, build your life On what you build your life on. Confusion will hurt. Clarity has to come. And he uses this analogy of building a house, which is awesome because I want to build this house too. And he says this, what you build your life on will determine if you withstand the storms and the pressure of life. Listen, we just got to acknowledge that sometimes life gets tough. And sometimes storms happen not because of sin or wrong or hurt or an attack. They're just, listen, a sign of life. They're a sign of life. And so when someone goes through a storm or a problem or an issue, that is not when our judgment starts. That's when our prayer starts. Because every one of us, at some point in time, will go through a ground-shaking, storm-beating, water-rushing moment. I wish I could get some people to tell me, yes, that's true. Come on. Jesus is the solid rock of our foundation. Our victories are determined by what we build our lives on. And I came to preach to somebody today, God is going When in your life, if you will take care of the foundation, so here is my question, is it shaky, is it eroding, or is it strong? Because God took Abraham and made him a father of nations. God took David and made him a king. God took Esther and changed a hard-hearted king. God took a corrupt monarchy and launched the Messiah's worldwide ministry. God took an angry man and made him a missionary. God can do something, come on, listen, in your life. But when the storms come, we magnify the wrong thing. So here's a lot of times what we do. A problem comes, the storms come. The issue was was not on the storms, it was not on the waves, it was not on the water, it was not on all that. Jesus was saying, take care of your foundation. So here's the issue. When problems come... Do we magnify those? Oh, my God, they're coming. They're attacking me. It's come. My marriage, my parenting, my finance. It's so, it's going to. I mean, like, we magnify. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, how many of y'all did G.I. Joe? Come on. G.I. Jane, G.I. Joe, it's cool. Greatest American hero. Moral at the end of the lesson. Many people are magnifying the problem. And it's adding confusion because now they're like, is God faithful? Does God care? Does he see me? Is the church real? Are they good? I mean, we magnify the problem. And what God says is don't, if you want to end confusion, don't magnify the problem. Magnify my word. Begin to look at my word. What does God say? Not what does the problem say? I begin to lean not on what I understand in the moment, but I change my understanding standing to come in line. What are you magnifying? You know what? It's very easy to magnify your best friend gets a raise and you didn't. And now we don't know if we can be friends anymore. Because I don't like the feeling of you winning and me not winning. Come on. Are these all real things? What happens is we begin to magnify the problem instead of magnifying, listen, the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this. For we walk by faith, listen, not by sight. God didn't ask you to watch the storm. He asked you to build to win. Build your life, listen, to win. There's another victory for you. And real quick, as we end, I want to give you three truths that I think will give clarity and help you achieve one more victory. Give you clarity and help you achieve one more victory. The first is, and we've been saying this the whole time, is you're going to lean on something. You're going to lean on something. You're going to lean on a relationship. You're going to lean on your education. You're going to lean on a degree. You're going to lean on your finances. But what I am asking you to do is evaluate what you're leaning on and lean on the word of God. Lean on the word. Lean on the word. Lean on the word. In fact, listen to this. George Mueller, Mueller, a Christian evangelist, said this. I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had a good time over God's word. Friends often say, I have so much to do, so many people to see, I cannot find time for scripture study. Perhaps there are not many who do more than I do. For more than a half a century, I have never known a day that I did not have more business than I could get through. For four years, I have, an- I have had annually about 30,000 letters, and most of those have passed through my hand. As a pastor of a church of 1,200 believers... Great has been my care. Besides, I have been in charge of five immense orphanages. Also, my publishing depot, the printing of circulation of millions of tracts, books, and Bibles. But I have always made it a rule. Listen, never to begin work until I've had a good season uh, with God and His Word. The blessing I have received has been wonderful. Here is what I'm asking you to do. The world tells us that your happiness is based on and contingent on your next incredible idea, how creative you are, how hard of a worker you are, how you succeed in the midst of adversity. But I am telling you this, if you lean on the word, you will win you will win. And so here's what that looks like for us. When we lean on the word, listen, we memorize it, we meditate it, and we magnify it. That's what we do. We memorize it. We take time to know the Bible. Listen, based on whatever denomination you grew up in, if you came from a Methodist background, you know some stuff about grace. If you came from a Baptist background, you know stuff about truth. If you came, listen, if you came from a charismatic background, you know something about power. But all of us have fragments fragments and we've got to listen get into this and go what does the bible say i need to listen memorize it meditate it and magnify it again here's how i feel i'm going to memorize it i'm going to meditate it come on and i'm going to magnify it and if you do here's what will come clarity confidence and consistency in your life the second thing is after we lean we've got to learn we all have to learn. Now listen to this. We learn the enemy's tactics. There is a enemy. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you didn't grow up in a church background where you even talked about the enemy. But the truth is, John 10.10, 10, which we all make know, says this. The thief comes to steal, come on, kill, and what? What? What does he come? Not you. The enemy don't care about you. He cares about the seed. He cares that Jesus would be planted in your life and a revelation of power would move in your life because here's the deal, that always produces more. Come on, listen. Life, converts, change. He's after the seed. What did Jesus say? There are four chairs in church. There is the hard, there is the shallow, there is the compromising, and there is the good. It's all he... The enemy is always, listen, after the seed in your life. And so here's the deal. The enemy perpetuates these ideas through philosophy and education and culture and humanity and temptation and rejection. And all to what? Harden our heart. Harden our heart. I'm not saying don't get your degree. I believe in education. Go, 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 get your doctorate. But I'm saying you got to be very, very careful because the Bible tells us that these philosophies will make it sound good, but really, they won't work. They won't work. So let me give you some schemes and tricks that the enemy uses. Um, Let me give you just a few. The first one that I believe the enemy uses is he isn't real. And there are two extremes. There are two extremes of this. The first is he is everywhere and the second one is he is nowhere. And so we're all, come on, does that make sense? Like I, I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh, pastor, I've been attacked this week. Oh, really? What happened? Oh, got a flat tire. And he just on me. And I'm looking at your tires and they're bald and the tires that you bought are like good for 60,000 <laughs> miles. And so was this the devil or was it manufacturing? Does that make sense? And so what happens is, because we go through a hard season, we're like the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Well, maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's life. On the other end, we don't even think about the enemy, and we're not strategic, and we don't think that he's coming after our spiritual life, and he's wanting to hurt us, reject us, and remove us. That's the truth. Here's what 1 Peter 5 8 says. Look at this. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I ain't trying to eyeball y'all, <laughs> it's just kind of a dramatic effect. Who's going to be too busy? Who's gonna be flying every weekend? I'm not mad. I, I fly. I'm, but I'm just saying, who's gonna who, who's gonna who's gonna replace understanding? Come on, with a whole lot of Netflix. Which I love Netflix. It's like everything I say is like, oh, so you don't do that? No. I mean, I'm just saying that if if we're not careful, listen. Does it make sense? What will happen is we will not build what the houses that are strong. Because confusion has come in, and we don't think that he's ready to steal everything that we've done. The next one is this. He gets us to think that we are strong enough to do it on our own. The Bible says no man's an island. I need you. You need me. I feel like this is a Barney moment. But the truth of the matter is, listen, you cannot do it alone. The Bible says that no one can be an island You are not strong enough by yourself. You are not strong. Well, I'll just take me, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit, and i just go to my room. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the way God set it up. And so here's what I would challenge you with. There is not one key relationship in the Old or New Testament that can do life alone. Not one key character. If Jesus, the Son of God, the fullness of God, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit had to run with people, you will too. Come on, does this make sense? These are tricks and schemes of the enemy. Another one is this. We twist scripture. He did that at the very beginning. You know, Eve is over there kind of looking at some fruit. And he's like, hey, girl. You see that one fruit over there? Go eat you some. Well, God said, what did he say? Oh, no, I don't think he said what he thought he said. Like, Still, that happens all the time. It's, not, it's, 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 a, it's the same trick. Well, what is, well, I this, well, I think this. And then we begin to start debating what is is, and then we're confused, and you cannot step in confidence when there is, come on, confusion. Another thing is I think the enemy does. We're talking about tricks and tactics is he makes us spec finders rather than log ignores. Spec finders, where we begin now to sit in a place where everything that we're doing, we are living and judging externally. And so the idea is, if all of you would fix yourselves, I could be better. How many of y'all know that don't work in real relationships? You work on you. And every day you work on your understanding, every day you work on your action, every day you allow time to manifest, and here's what will happen. Something will grow in your life, and all of a sudden you'll walk into brand new freedom. That, that's how it works. Does it make sense? And so I want to encourage you. You're going to find specs. It doesn't say there's not specks. We have specs. If you're around me, you're going to see some specks. If I'm around you, I'm going to see some specs. We're all specking. This is making up words today. But what God is asking you to do is evaluate the big thing that's hindering your next victory. Listen to what I'm saying. Evaluate the next big thing that's hindering your victory. Another tactic of the enemy is legalism. Legalism. Here's what it says I'm better because I follow God's commands. Like, I'm better. No, you're not. You're not better. We all came from the same place. We all need grace. We all can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Nobody is better. Does that make sense? The last one is this. And then, Ben, you all can go ahead and come up, and I'll talk about the, the third one. I think the last tactic of the enemy is this. Sin is diluted to a mistake and shortcomings. See, if sin gets diluted, then we misdiagnose, and our thought process is how can I do better rather than how can I repent? How can I do better? Let me just do better. That was a mistake. That's a shortcoming. No, 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 no. That's called sin, and the Bible says that it will destroy you. The Bible says that sin brings what? Death. And here's the deal. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. I want you to live. I want you to walk in victory. I want your families to be healthy. I want you to walk in joy even when you're going through a hard season. We gotta learn. We gotta learn that the enemy has a tactic, and the last one is this: is that we've gotta lead our own thoughts and emotions. You gotta lead your own. Listen, thoughts and emotions. You have dominion. Here's the deal. First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen. Look at this. It says, "No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, but God is faithful." Come on, I, I, I gotta preach to somebody. God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability with the temptation listen he provides a way of escape there's a back door the army's coming around you temptation's all around you lust perversion it doesn't matter what it is it's coming for you but there's a back door but you're going to have to make a choice you're going to have to lead your thoughts You're going to have to lead your emotions. Here are a couple things that I, I have to lead. I have to lead my frustrations. I have to lead my rejections. I have to lead my failures. I have to lead myself into the presence of God. I have to lead myself into church community. I have to lead myself into honoring commitments. I have to lead myself into becoming generous, I have to lead. So many people are waiting for God to do it, and God's over there like, I have given you everything that you need. There is an open heaven, I have given you the Holy Spirit. And while there is a war waging for the seed, you have also have some tools that you can win. Romans chapter 8 verse 37. I'll end with this. No sin. No, no. In all of these things. Come on, listen. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.